It's in you. You possess the power. Earn your leadership every day. Michael Jordan. Let's go hard. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. Dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself and I yell at the wall, begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead, trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a kid. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Whether you're a new listener or an OG, this is the show that's going to help you step up and be the leader that your team needs. If this is your first time tuning in, this is a podcast that's designed to help you win. We break down strategies and tactics on leadership, goal setting and achievement, mindset, and high performance. Everything from productivity to how to influence those that are around you. And I'm Jeremiah Sullivan. I'm your host. If you guys are new to me and my story, you know, I was a, I grew up in a small town, a college dropout. And then I was an enlisted soldier, then infantry officer, then army ranger, then company commander. And then I became an entrepreneur where now I really, what I do is I help individuals and businesses get what they want. Okay. So that's my profession and, uh, I'm living life on purpose and I'm excited to dive into this podcast and do this on purpose as well. Okay. Cause my goal on this show today, we have a very, um, special episode. Okay. And the reason why is because we're going to dive into some of the, the pitfalls of, of leadership. Uh, this last you know week or so, this last weekend, we hosted Conquer Quest 006 out in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, many of you guys may have even listened to the last episode that we did on it. And during that event, you know, we challenged the participants in every area that you could imagine. We challenged them physically. We challenged them mentally. And we challenged their leadership. But what we strive to do and what we did was that we put together an event that really attacked the common pitfalls of leadership. In today's show, we're going to dive into things like communication. We're going to dive into things like leading a group and how to influence a group. We're going to also dive into decision-making, okay? But really what we're going to do is we're going to use ConquerQuest as a, a, a method to convey the common pitfalls of leadership and talk through what right looks like so that you and your team can succeed at a higher level. Because here's, I want to make an assumption about you. My assumption is that you want to grow. You want to improve. You want to do a good job. But not only that, you take responsibility. You accept that if your team wants to achieve a higher level of success, that you must go first and show the way. Okay, and so I want to equip you for that journey. I want to break down strategies and tactics that can help you lead at a higher level and win. So that's what we have for the show today, and I'm excited to dive in with my trusted sidekick, my co-host, the podfather himself, Mr. Justin Phillips. Come on in, dude. Is that a new shirt that you're wearing? It is. It says, like it. What, what does it say on it? It says Conquer. Yeah, buddy. It's very on-brand for you, but it's it's a Conquer shirt I haven't seen before. So We just got them. I'm uh, slowly adding some new swag to the shop, and uh, this is fresh off the, the maker. <laughs> fresh off the maker yeah fresh off the press 
That's right. Anyway, bro. So, how, so guys, before we dive into today, just any, we'll just maybe touch on some things like just catch up personally, and then we'll dive into the strategies and tactics today to help improve your leadership. Uh, because you know, I don't know about you guys out there listening, but I am sick and tired of seeing teams fall apart because of poor leaders. And I want to fix that today. But again, before we dive in, Justin, let's catch up real quick, dude. It's it's been a freaking hell of a week, two weeks for us, and a hell of six months for me and you. <laughs> Both of us has gone through a tremendous amount. We're at the basically the six month mark of the year, man. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, actually, now that you bring it up, I guess we are chugging right through 2023 here aren't we and um i'm tired <laughs> that's the bottom line <laughs> well you're gonna keep being tired with that attitude no, we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do like a like a new new six months like a new year's episode but for the six months kind of kind of this is it this is the six month marker episode right yeah here. i guess that's true this is gonna come out in another couple days even after this so yeah anything to, what are your, what are your goals make... for the back half of the year oh <laughs> uh, okay okay um well, hey, you know, I don't. Maybe this will be useful for the listener. I, I think, I think it might. Um, the way I like to to do things throughout the year is I like to cast a big vision, set some big goals, and then I like to go go attack them and I get some base hits, get some milestones, get some little victories, let those stack up. And I still have a uh, when I get to the halfway mark, I still have the same vision for the year, but I recalibrate and I reprioritize. You know, my life has changed a lot since the beginning of this year. So what I have planned for the back end is just some shuffling around of priorities. Um, this last six months has been a hardcore business sprint. I mean, I kicked it off with a cage fight, but then I led right into business, did tons of events, masterminds, you know, built some additional products and stuff like that. And then on top of that, moved the family to Florida. So anyways, the back half of this year is really just about getting in the flow of, of all the life changes that's happened and continue to expand each of those areas. That's really what I'm focused on. Yeah, actually, yeah, now that I think about it, we did a lot, a bunch of these events this year. They didn't start this year necessarily, but it feels like they've been coming at me this year. Yeah, yeah, we stacked them up at the beginning part. Um, <laughs> you, how, did you get some jujitsu in this week? Or are you still you on a recovery week no, this week? No, I'm I'm all fucked up with that. That's, <laughs> that's not, it's not something we need to get into right now. Okay. Well, Hey, we're expecting you back full charge. Once you recalibrate. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. No worries. Um, on my side, you guys know the deal. Like I said, I'm in Florida and, uh, we got our place out here, which I'm excited for. This was a long journey to get settled into this, this place that we're in. And, uh, I've been chasing after it for quite some time. And I'm, we're finally here and settled in. So I'm really pumped up to be, be established. Um, yeah, with that being said, that's really it for me, man. I mean, is there anything on my on the lifestyle side for me that you want me to dive into a little bit more or, or you just want to kick it off with today's episode? No, no, I think we've covered a lot of your lifestyle and whatnot in the past couple of weeks. So I right. think I think we get into Quest, man, while it's still fresh on the mind. And for the first time, I'm I like have slept in the past week. So yeah. I like to think that that means that I'm all fired up and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right on. So we'll dive into the topics. Um, guys, just to kind of frame this, as we start diving in, I found throughout my life that, you know, most people, if not all people, they want to do a good job. Okay. That's an assumption that I make about people when I meet them. People want to do the right thing. They want to, you know, they just, they want to do a good job when you give them a task and when you give them whatever it is and they're doing whatever they think is the activities that are going, that are going to, that, that fit doing a good job. Right. So in other words, 
people are putting their best foot forward in whatever duty and responsibility that they have. But the problem arises when they don't know what right looks like, when they don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't have the clarity around, you know, if we're talking about leadership, what good leadership looks like. Okay, they, they know that they want to lead a team, they wanna, that they're willing to accept responsibility for that team, but they kind of struggle figuring out how to get everybody to ride along and contribute to the mission, and they really struggle with influencing a group, and they really struggle with leadership, and that's really mostly, you know, most people struggle with leadership because they don't know what right looks like. They don't know, they don't, there's very, it's hard to find high-quality leadership in the world. Okay, and in fact, that's why it's such a great industry to a great industry to study, to be a part of, to be inside of, is because there's so much room for improvement. And not only that, but everybody has their own perspective on how to how to lead others. Okay, um, the best way to kind of describe my personal leadership uh, technique or or process or philosophy is I, I just believe in character-based leadership. I believe in doing the right thing for the people around you, and through that, typically the influence starts taking care of itself. Okay, when you, when you act and treat people in their best interest to get them where they want to go, they typically like to come along, okay? Um, but with that being said, I do find that there are really three main components of high quality leadership and three uh, key objectives when leading teams. Coincidentally, these are the same three objectives that we had at Conquer Quest 006. Okay, those three objectives are effective communication, decision making, and leading a group, like literally standing in front of the group and telling them what to do, how to do it, and commanding that group to victory, okay? So I find that those are really the three, you know, some three, three very important components, three very important objectives within leadership. Now, there are more, but these are the ones that I find most people struggle with the most. Most people struggle with the most. What a most sandwich that was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a most sandwich. But Justin, that being said, Justin's going to dive into some questions today for me, and he's gonna, we're going to use Conquer Quest to kind of talk about uh, you know, what right and wrong looks like and kind of paint the picture there for everybody that's listening. But, um, but yeah, what we really want to do is help the person that's willing to grow, the, the leader that's out there that wants to influence, that wants to do a better job to take their team to victory. We're going to dive in and we're going to talk to that person today and help them improve their leadership. So that being said, Justin, come on in, dude. What do you got? When you, when you pulled out these three, these three key points for the rest of the episode, right? The communication, decision-making, um, leading a group. Did you pull those out from observation or were these like you're dealing with leadership development all the time? So were these um, coming to you in the form of questions, you know, basically, or in the form of like actual issues inside of Conquer Academy? Or was it just observed? You were like, oh, your communication kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, when I look at um, just the people that I've led across my entire life, like I've been in, you know, I've been leading my entire my entire life i mean we're talking decades right and then i got paid for it for also decades <laughs> um and not only that like that was just in the military and now and I'm, I'm doing it even in the civilian sector and what i've 
I identified these key three objectives because it's what I've seen at every chapter of my life that people struggle with. It doesn't matter if it's a person or a business, but these three things, communication, decision-making, and leading a group, you know, I, every, everywhere I go, those problems seem to pop up, or at least the core problems of a company or a person, they come down to those. Like even just think about the, the communication objective. You know, if I'm, if I'm an individual and I don't even have, I just have my family, typically most issues in a family can be resolved or aggravated just by, through communication. So most people struggle with that a ton. Um, same thing with decision making. Like look at just the household in, for an example. How many times do you sit down with your, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, and you guys are trying to figure out what to have for dinner and nobody can make the damn decision, <laughs> okay? <laughs> right and leading a group i mean how hard if we're going to use the family example one more time how hard is it to get your entire household to go on a vacation and everybody not to have a complaint about it and they all go and they do it and they accomplish the mission okay it's hard as hell so those three things really do exist everywhere now there are other uh traits and and other objectives that are important for a leader but i think these are the three some of the three most important ones that we can hone in on what do you laugh about when I was coming down to Utah, I was in the airport, right, in Philadelphia, and I'm sitting there in, like, the little area waiting for my flight, and this, like, elderly couple comes over, and they got into that argument, we've all been in this argument, where they're like, oh, where do you want to sit? Oh, I don't know, where do you want to sit? And they spent so long and got so pissed off with each other, because no one would just, like, pick where to sit down. Look how simple <laughs> that is, and what, what objectives did we... What objectives did we just hit on? We hit on communication, decision-making, <laughs> leading a group. It's the same objectives right there. Look at that. <laughs> I think of the same. Okay, so I guess let's try to get into one of these at a time. But for something like communication, what is the actual problem? Because the problem isn't that people don't know to do it. Like, if you ask anyone, like, oh, like, what, what's one of the key things you should have in a relationship? Communication is one of those default answers that, like, everybody says but people still jack it up all the time. So it's not like they need to discover it. How do they need to do it? What's the actual problem? Yeah, well, here's here's the thing of why communication is such a problem because how many times have you been like with somebody where you just started boiling and getting upset? Well, a lot of times when you start, your emotions start taking over and you're interacting with somebody, it's because what you think and, and feel can't be expressed to and through you. Like mm -hmm. it's, it, feeling is a communication block. Okay, when I can't ex tell you why I'm frustrated or with myself or with you, it comes out in anger and in different types of emotion. Now, that, that can be detrimental to a team. But, you know, where a lot of people, if we're going to start with this and we're going to dive into why is um, or effective communication for leaders, the most important first thing for people to realize is that, you know, I think most people maybe even know this, right? But, it, but communication is not just one way. It's two ways. And so I think that a lot of people misunderstand communication and that, a lot of leaders think that good communication is simply speaking well and being heard. Mm -hmm. And that's actually not the case. Great communication is when both people feel like they're being heard. They both understand. And not only that, but they both have a, a, an image of what success could look like. Okay? So when communication is done properly... It's done in a way where both parties, again, feel heard and both parties have a clear picture in mind, all right? 
So in other words, if I'm going to order some food, I'm asking whoever it is in the household what they want to eat. We kind of go back and forth. We know the leader eventually has to make a decision. And then we make a decision about the food. And that puts an image of what the restaurant that we want inside the other person's head. And they both understand that they're going to be ordering from said restaurant. And they have a visual depiction of that inside of their mind. And then they go to work to achieve the mission, right? I'm kind of using a silly, simple example like ordering food. But what I'm, it conveys the point. Effective communication from a great leader is not just verbal, it's visual, right? It, it puts that picture inside of a person's mind and allows both people to be, feel heard and seen and understood. Okay. Doesn't that get kind of confusing in a situation, though? Like, like I'm thinking, I'm reflecting back on this airsoft stuff or like in a battlefield. Like, don't you, don't you kind of need at some point the leader to kind of have the upper hand and have the final say? Like, wouldn't, how do you, how do you keep that two way communication open in situations where people just can't freaking agree? You know, one wants to go left, the other wants to go right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's an authority aspect here. So when the leader is in position, and they're driving the team to success, they're in a position of authority, okay? So at some point, right, in a dialogue when we're talking about something, somebody, the leader, has to step up and decide what the plan is going to be from a position of authority, okay? But what they really need to do is not just decide and do and take the team to go do mm -hmm. it. They need to, they need to create a vision that everybody understands, okay? So um, one of the things that we had everybody work on in Conquer Quest is like, we have this mission that we want to go and achieve. And the leader will typically have it inside of their head. But they're frustrated because everybody around them isn't doing what they said to go do, right? Uh, let's just use the airsoft example mm -hmm. as we dive into this. So let's just say I have an enemy on the other side of the objective and I have two teams underneath my leadership. Okay, I have a vision for success. Inside of my head, I see both teams moving down the lane moving down towards the objective. And in my mind, they're supposed to leapfrog each other. Okay. And when they do that, I picture them getting to the very, very end, surprising the enemy. And then one team overtaking the enemy, the other team kind of coming in as support or backup, or whatever language you want to use here. Right. I'm trying mm. to speak at terms that everybody understands, <laughs> not just military terms, you know, and using like words like bounding, <laughs> you know, most people know what bounding is. But my point is, is that I have this vision, but if I just tell people that we're going to go down the lane and towards the objective and neutralize the enemy, well, nobody knows what to do. Yeah. They just know the end that you need to go down there. And so the leader's job in that example is to paint the picture, communicate in a way that tells them, hey, I want you on the right side to go ahead and move up 20 to 40 feet at a time in a sprint, and then the other team to leapfrog you by surpassing you 20 to 40 feet. And you guys do that all the way down the objective. So it's painting the picture. So when you have a team and you're like trying to communicate to them, you don't necessarily need to, need to create a, an equal exchange of communication. Like I'm not going to tell the team what to do and then they're going to create a dialogue where they're telling me what to do next. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we've gone back and forth. I know they understand the intent and the mission that I'm putting out and they have a clear picture for it. And we are united within that mission and that picture. Awesome. Something you said in there that I think is a good takeaway is to make sure everyone understands what the fuck you're actually saying. Right. So yeah. do you see problems with that? Yeah, I see problems with that come up in leadership, I feel like, or with your military jargon when I'm out on events with you, yeah. where people either, a couple of things can happen. Either one, 
the leader doesn't have a clear enough picture in their head of like what they actually expect to happen. And then their plan like kind of happens and like, oh, I guess this works. And they kind of keep trying to go with it and it slowly dissolves or they know what they're trying to say, but they just they literally can't communicate it well to the other people, either because of the language they're using or people over commute or over speak, I guess I should say, kind of in some places, too, where they're just throwing out all this fluff and these details that you don't really need. And it's like, what are you talking about? And then people miss what's going on. Yeah, well, so the what's the question exactly? The question is, um, can, you, can you rephrase the question for me? No, it's not really a question. I just want your, like, I want I your thoughts that? on, like, do you see, yeah, the same types of issues? Have you learned anything, you know, to kind of help some of those issues? Yeah, I mean, well, here's, so when it comes to, like, communicating clearly, yeah, you got to make sure you're using language that makes sense to people. Matter of fact, like, you know, when I was in the military, there, when I got into the special operations community, I'd already been in, like when I got into the 75th Ranger Regiment, I went overseas and I was assigned to a task force and we had all different types of units inside of that task force, okay? Mm-hmm. They were speaking a completely different language than the unit that I left on the conventional side. You know, they used different acronyms, they had different sayings, different isms, and even though I had all this experience, I got to, their, to that task force and I had no idea what the hell they were talking about, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's there's both sides to the communication piece here, right? The leaders that I'm going underneath, they have an obligation to tell me what the language is that they're using to teach me, and then I have an obligation as well to ask questions, okay? But I'll tell you, the thing that I find that hangs most people up in leadership with communication is that a couple of things. One is that they're not redundant enough with what they want and their expectations okay um another way they mess up is that they don't ensure understanding okay they will ask the people that they're leading Mm -hmm. if they understand but they won't ask them to describe what the hell they just said to the person right it's a it's a back brief we taught that out the lanes as well one of the things that we honed in on is like hey when you give directions to your team make sure that they do a back brief to you a back brief is where you summarize what's going to happen out there on the mission and what the person's responsibilities are. Okay. So um, it's that piece as well. And then it's additionally, so redundancy, um, ensuring two way communication. And then the third thing is um, combining methods of communicating. A lot of times leaders fail because they don't, they only communicate in one way. They communicate through either email or text. Or maybe it's just verbal, face-to-face. But there's a lot of ways to communicate to somebody. There's verbal. There's nonverbal. There's visual. I mean, there's all different types of styles. But what I find, like in the, like the military, what it taught me was to combine my verbal communication, my speaking, with visual, and then also my nonverbal, my body language. Okay, so when I'm standing up there briefing a team, and I'm talking about where they're going to be on the objective, okay, and I have a, a visual representation of the objective on the screen, am I going to sit there and just talk to them about the screen and the objective, or am I going to walk over there and point and use my body language and talk about the specifics there? So great communication combines multiple ways of communicating to somebody that has redundancy in there as well. Talk about this. Um, another thing that came up a lot out there was... We say leading by example all the time, but I, I almost want to call it leading with movement, which might get into the third point of like how to lead a group. 
but something you were going over a lot on the airsoft field was like if basically if you want someone to move like start moving yes right am i on the right am i on the right path or am i saying that correctly so open that up and yeah. Explain so, it better. so the challenge that people, the leaders were having on the airsoft lanes, which everybody can relate to this probably is how do I create influence? How do I get the people around me to actually start moving towards the mission and the objective? Okay. So whether you are a hairstylist and you're, um, or you're, yeah, and you're going to open up your own, your own shop. How do you get all your friends and family members to help you? Or you're going to start a new business on your own and you have a nine to five or, Maybe you've got a, a business that does seven, eight figures and you're trying to grow it to the next level. Either way, we're go- whatever scenario we create where we want the individual or the team to grow, the problem there is influence. How do I influence and get everybody to do the doing? Okay? And what we really want is movement, like you're saying, Justin. And, mm-hmm. and what I was giving the, uh, the students out there at the airsoft lane was I said, you know, sometimes, actually most times, um, in leadership, a, a good way to get people going is to not tell them what to do. It's to simply do it. Yes. Okay. And for example, they're sitting there on the far side of the objective. They had a mission to go down to the other side. And one of the team leaders needed to take their team members to the other side. And they're sitting there and they're in a position where they're maybe behind a barrier and they're yelling in front of themselves to the other team member. And they're telling that member to move to the next barrier. They're saying, move up, move up, move up. And I I looked over at them and I was telling them, listen, if you want them to move up, try just going first. Instead of sitting back here and yelling at them, physically move yourself and go bound and run in front of them and watch what happens. And literally they were started to do that, right? Like one of the team members, they they took that. Everybody that came out was super coachable. And so they started implementing it. And they were in contact. There was a team on the far side shooting at the, the team on the near side. The near side team was the team that I was with. And that near side team, the leader decided to just take off and start moving to places of cover because their team wasn't moving first. And as soon as they started doing that, the team members kind of looked left and right. And they're like, oh shit, we're moving, right? They looked around. They're like, oh shit, it looks like the team moving. And what, was, what did they have to do in that moment? They said, oh, I need to keep up with my leader. And so the leader's moving. And not only that, they were thinking, I got to stay, I got to keep my eyes on my leader and I got to pay attention to where my leader's at so that I can get keep up and I don't get lost, okay? And now that is so symbolic of how great leadership works and how if you want to get anything Mm -hmm. done in life and create influence, you have to go first. You pick up the pace, you set the pace, you get to the position, you get the foothold or the next little milestone that you're after, you you set in right there, everybody around you is going to be like, holy shit, I got to keep up and I'm going to go with you too. Yeah, that's just like, that's on a human psychology level too, basically, isn't it? Like we do that shit all the time in our daily lives where you see someone, like you see someone like looking at something out the window in like a room of 30 people and within like like two minutes, all 30 of them are looking at the window and the first guy's just looking at absolutely fucking nothing. That's right. You know, and it's like people, you hear this all the time that people, people always sit and they, and they preach about leadership. They're like, oh, lead by example, lead by example, lead mm-hmm. by example. But they never ever go down what leading by example actually looks like. Right. And what leading by example looks like is getting off your ass and going first, being setting the example for the team, yeah. okay, and just being out there. But it's so true with everybody. It is human psychology. And um, you can create massive, massive influence just by simply going first. It makes people feel like they need to pay attention. Amazing. Now, here's a small little story. Like, 
So I was in Miami at a, uh, or was it Miami? I can't, I can't remember exactly where it was at, but I was doing this uh, uh, mastermind and I was bunked up with this guy. Actually, it was Norvell. He's been on the podcast. Before. <laughs> yeah. his name, Norvell. <laughs> All right. So I was like, me and Norvell were uh, sharing a suite at the hotel and I got up early to do my routine, yeah. just to Jeremiah thing. And he was like, going to kind of maybe sleep in for another 30 minutes or an hour or something like that. But he saw me get up. And the first thing that he wanted to do was move too. So he got up out of bed. He's like, I can't lay here and do nothing. So another small right. example of how leading by example plays out with those around you, just like that all the time. Right. Too. And if you, and if you had fucking like, you know, gotten on his case the night before or something and be like, Hey, we got to go for a run in the morning, you know, yada, yada, yada. The reaction is going to be more like, yeah, okay, Jeremiah, you know, but just, right. just seeing you do it is like, oh, fuck, I got to get my get <laughs> yeah. my shit together. So, yeah, so so that ties, I mean, just to recap on that, and you can ask your next one, but that's another method of communicating, right? Is not, mm-hmm. I can communicate by speaking, I communicate, I can communicate by showing a picture, I can communicate by using my body language and literally, like, pointing at things that I want people to be aware of, or... Yeah. I can use my body and physically move to communicate to people as well. And people forget that you know, all leaders have those tools available to them. And you can call on those tools to create an effect in your team. Okay? One of the things that I used to do is that I'm very, I was very approachable as an infantry officer. My guys could come up to me anytime, really. And I'm, I'm still like that even today as a business owner. Now, I'm, I'm approachable, I'm friendly, I'm easygoing, I'm understanding. Now, with that being said, people start to think that they can cut a corner, get away with things, and that I won't be stern sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I find something that needs correcting, I just switch completely. And I put on my hat, just like you saw out there, Justin, for Conquer Quest when we started the packing list layout. Here we are inside, super nice and friendly, getting to know all of them. We go outside, boom. Serious face is on, leadership face is on, I'm being direct, I'm speaking to them. And that's not like, those aren't games, that's intention. Right. So I always try to find ways to adjust my body language, my posture, my tone, so that I create the effect that I want to create inside of the team that I'm leading. Talk a little bit about um, how to be direct with people. That can be important for communication too, and how to be direct without just like straight up and down being rude. Yeah, well, I think when, so the first thing I think that everybody should realize is that being direct is the highest form of respect for the people that you're around, all right? If I respect you, then I'm direct with you. If I don't respect you, if I think that you're weak, if I think that you can't handle criticism, constructive criticism, then I kind of tap dance my way around what I want to tell you. Okay, which mm-hmm. means I don't respect you. Yeah. All right, but, but when you respect somebody, like if you have a friend or family member and they have a booger on, I think I used this on the last one. <laughs> you did they, use this. Yeah, but if they have a booger <laughs> on their face, like I'm going to be direct and tell them, hey, bro, you got a booger on your mm-hmm. face. I'm not going to like let them run around and with this damn booger on their face. So, you know, being, being direct is a sign of respect. It's also a compliment. Um, it means you trust the other person that you, you know, um, maybe not trust them, but it means that I think the respect is the best word. It means that you don't see them as a weak individual. Like they can take the criticism that's coming through. Right. So that would be the first thing is don't, if you're worried about like speaking to somebody and hurting their feelings, well, you're already in the, in the wrong, the wrong side of being direct. Like you need to, you need to 
lean on the side of, you know what, I'm willing, I'm vulnerable enough to tell them what they need to hear, even if it's going to come back at me and it's going to hurt a little bit. We're going to create a little argument off of it. Okay, you can't be timid. That's what vulnerability means, right? Vulnerability means exposing yourself to physical or emotional harm in the midst of something. So you got to be vulnerable to be direct. Now, out at the event, I think that what being direct really does for somebody is it makes them, when they nail it, they've become more confident in themselves. Okay? They're more self-assured and they're more confident in their own skin. Okay? A lot of times leaders, they have a hard time being direct to other people because they're insecure or they have self-worth mm-hmm. issues. They, um, they know that they're imperfect and they have a lot of problems with themselves. And so when it comes to holding other people accountable, it's hard for them to do that because they have that weakness inside of them. So really, to be direct with people, you got to learn to be comfortable in your own skin. And you know, I, there's a lot of people that are out there that have a hard time just looking somebody in the eyes and telling them, speaking to them candidly. You know, and that's a matter of not being comfortable in their own skin. It really is. What do you What are you thinking? I'm thinking the hardest person to be direct with is yourself, and I think that's kind of a lot of the value of these events. Honestly, and I asked last week, you know, why do people come to these events? And I'd, I'd be willing to bet that at least for some of them, part of the reason is because they they know that they're they're having that dance with themselves, right? They're tiptoeing around their own problems and they almost they need someone to look them in the eyes and be like, this is where you're fucking weak, you know, and we're going to and we're going to change that. And then I think that leads into the point that you just made, too, is that they have to. They need someone to be direct with them so that they can tighten that up and then that will help them be a better leader, be more direct with the people in their lives. Yeah, and you know, I would encourage whoever, you know, the listener right now, it doesn't matter who's in your corner, but you should be direct with all of them. Okay? Like I hear a lot of times uh people saying, "Oh, he's a friend, so I didn't I didn't say anything <laughs> to him." Like you see this, the first thing that comes up for me. How kind of friend is he? (laughs) Well, yeah, like the first thing I'm thinking of is like people that give their friends and families fat discounts on their products and their services. And And they're like, they think that they're being nice to them because they're giving them a discount. That's like a common thing. Oh, he's he's a friend or family, so I wanted to discount it. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're discounting yourself for others. Like if if you really respected them. And you respected the work that you were doing, you would be direct and you would tell them, pay you full price, because the price mm-hmm. is the price is the price, and that's fair to everybody. And I, you know, I was like, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but I was like, you know how much free conquer stuff my mom has gotten? None. Okay. <laughs> my mom's paid full price for anything in Conquer Academy. Well, to be fair, she taught you all the shit first. So. She did. She really did. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we did this exercise at Conquer Quest to really exercise being direct with people and communicating. It was we had them stand across from each other and share their shortcomings. We said, "Hey, tell this person where they're yeah. coming up short as a leader." And dude, you need that in life because listen, as a leader yourself, you want people to be direct with you. You want to, you want to, like me personally, I want to know when I'm coming up short. And if I'm not direct with other people, they're never going to do it to me. Everybody's going to be playing this passive aggressive and overly like polite type of culture, which is not what you want for growth. You know, I have friends inside of like 
all you guys inside of Conquer Academy are friends. But there's people inside that help out in the business that I have to uh, be the like quote unquote boss to, right? I'll, uh, here's a small example. Like my wife works in Conquer. Okay, mm-hmm. I have to be a husband to her. Um, I have to be um, all different types of things. They're a friend to her, but I also got to be a boss from time to time. Okay, so like it, you know, I, I wear a lot of different hats, and it doesn't even matter if I'm talking about her or somebody else. But you, I, I have an obligation to give everybody around me constructive criticism so that they can do a good job and actually achieve success. Because if I don't tell them how to do those th- things, then they're running around the house with a damn booger on their face, and they don't even know. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's move into decision making, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I, I kind of want to go through the same cycle, but like, where do you see this becoming a problem for a lot of people? This is one to me where it seems like people are overcomplicating it wow. is the main problem. Yeah. Well, the reason why decision-making is so important for leaders specifically is because decision-making is what builds leaders. It what It's what establishes you as the leader. Okay? Think about that. If there's a couple of people and we're all right. thinking about where to go to eat tonight yeah. for the restaurant and somebody speaks up and makes a decision, now that all of a sudden that person just became the leader. Yeah. Okay. So it's paramount. Decision making is paramount to to being an effective leader. It's like synonymous almost, right? It's a requirement. So now the problem that I find with people in leadership is that they do, they overthink. And a lot of reason why is because humans fear failure and they fear loss. Matter of fact, if we were to dive into your psychology, you actually weigh loss twice that of gain, right? And so for the listener, if I ask you what sounds like it holds more weight, losing $2,000 or gaining $2,000, which one sounds like it holds more weight? The loss. The loss hurts more, okay? So people don't want to lose. They don't want to, they, they, when they, the idea of it comes, they start putting pressure on themselves. And what that turns into is overthinking. When you have an overthinking paralysis by analysis leader, what ends up happening is you take away the, that person takes away the confidence from the team. Or the team loses confidence in that leader, in other words. Okay? Because an indecisive person is not somebody that you want to rally behind. Imagine somebody deciding where you want to go for dinner in the group. They make the decision. Now all of a sudden they're the leader. And then they start going back and forth on whether or not they they want to commit to that decision. Well, now nobody wants to follow that person. And you're like, you know what? You shut up. We're going to listen to somebody else that feels confident and sure about themselves. Okay, so to lead teams to victory, you got to be decisive, but you can't waffle in your decisions either. You just got to own it and understand. Now, I'm not saying that you have to stick with the decision indefinitely. You're allowed to pivot from the decision. That's like you'd be foolish to make one decision out the gate and stick with it to the time that you're done. Okay, that would be ignorant. You got to be adaptable and resilient and, and mentally um, agile. But my point is, is that indecision kills morale. It kills confidence of the team and nobody wants to find, follow that person. Okay, Ma- matter of fact, one of the other things that makes a leader a leader is the fact that they will embrace uncertainty with confidence. Okay, the world, if you think back during the pandemic, the world was freaking chaotic and people didn't know you know 
right from left, from up, from down. They were so confused with everything that was going on. Matter of fact, we were so confused, we were buying the shit out of toilet paper and, call, <laughs> and, made, and it was out of stock inside of the store because people were so worried and scared and they were overthinking so much. Okay, they went and bought out all the toilet paper. That's, that's the kind of shit that was going on at that time, okay? And then there was a handful of people that were acting like they knew what the hell was going on and they were confronting that uncertainty with confidence. Now, in the places that I was looking and getting information, I found people out there that were intelligent, that they were synthesizing the information, um, they were making good deductions, and that they were, they were leading, they were sharing that, those deductions, and then they were leading forward with their assessment. Now, there's a lot of people out, a lot of political leaders out there that their insecurity and their lack of confidence and their indecision came through as well. And we all lost trust and respect for them as well. Okay, mm -hmm. so decision-making is also paramount to leadership. It's a key objective because if you don't have it, nobody's going to follow you. Um, and nobody's, if they do follow you and you start changing your mind, they're going to go somewhere else. So you, you have to have it to be an effective leader. You got to be good at decision-making. Yeah, that's kind of a good example. Honestly, our whole, you know, 2020 uh, bonanza that we had, even, even in hindsight with a lot of it coming out, to be you know whatever it ended up being it's like the people with the most confidence are the ones we followed right regardless of whether or not they were right or wrong or this or that you know did a lot of right. stupid shit throughout the whole time right uh because someone or some people very confidently said right. to do so so i guess the bottom line with the decision making though is that people generally are just afraid of making the wrong decision and even in situations where there's almost not a wrong decision to be made, like the only the only wrong decision is no decision in a yeah, lot well, of situations. The problem with most leaders is that they, is that they have a, um, or newer leaders, I should say, and even experienced ones, to be honest, is that decision-making is a habit. It's a program that's inside of them, right? So when I say program, I'm referring to uh, your habits and your rituals and the way you go about life all as uh, something that's installed inside of you. So almost just like a computer operating system, right? So how you make decisions is a program. You've been practicing it your entire life. Now, there's certain decisions in your life that you learn how to work through faster than others. So maybe one cycle or chapter in your life, you're not as good at making a decision to go to the gym. And then all of a sudden you start really getting that decision figured out and you figure out a code for yourself and you say, you know what, every time I'm thinking about skipping out on the gym, I'm going to ask myself, how am I going to feel about this later? And you start working through and you gain that experience to help you with the decision making mm -hmm. process. Now, what ends up happening is that like there's a lot of situations there people haven't really dove into how to make a decision and they just become a, they react to whatever, whatever is natural for them. Okay. So, um, overthinking, what overthinking is, is a byproduct of running away from failure and then also trying to find the perfect next step. Yeah. That is the biggest problem. Like if once you understand and accept that the next step is never perfect and that the best next step is, a, is the non-perfect one, okay, that that's right. what gets you to the objective the quickest, the faster you can get through it, okay? So... You know, I don't know, just decision-making, um, there's a few, like, for myself, I've put a lot of attention and time on decision-making in my life because I don't like to waste energy on stuff that I don't need to waste energy on. And not only that, but I like my life simple. You know, if I'm going to 
as I've grown my company and as even, even as an infantry officer, my goal was to do things fast, faster and easier. And if I get caught up on how to make the decision all the whole time, I'm not doing either one of those things. I want to move quick. I want to move with certainty and I want to clean it up as I go. Cause that's where real growth happens. And that's what gets teams to victory. Amen. <laughs> no, I, I, I think decision-making is one of those things that I kind of had to learn once at whatever age it was that I kind of started getting into the self-development and the growth and the starting a business and all this type of stuff. And I just had to start growing up for lack of a better way to put it, where it was just like, just freaking like, yes or no questions need to be answered with yes or no, you know? And, um, for all the same reasons you just said, like, I don't like wasting time. I don't like wasting energy. It makes things a lot simpler. And the quicker, if you make the quote unquote wrong decision, that's just going to get you to the better one faster is all it's really going to do. It's so true. And you know, the thing that can help somebody out is somebody that's struggling with the leader that's struggling with overthinking, maybe paralysis by analysis. And they think that there's more to making the decision than just making the decision. This is what I want you to think about where you're at and where you want to go. What's separating you from being where you want to be. Okay. Let's just say you're on one side of the alphabet, the a letter, and you're trying to get to Z. Okay, what's actually stopping you from being there is not time, it's not experience, it's decision. Okay, it's macro and micro decisions. I call this the solvent line of decisions. And what that is, is it represents the distance between where you're at and where you want to be with all the little decisions that you got to make along the way to get there. Okay, so for example, if I want to get in incredible shape, the decisions that I'm going to have to make along the way are, do I work out today? Yes or no. Do I eat this healthy meal? Yes or no. Guess what? Do I eat this next healthy meal? Yes or no. So the decisions that you're making on your path to your goal are the most important because the more times that I say yes to the right decision, the more times I say yes to working out, eating right, the quicker I actually get to the goal, which is what you want for you and your team. So if you're stuck by paralysis, by analysis, overthinking, and everybody's, you're the bottleneck in your business or in your life, well, the, you're holding everybody back because you're simply just not being decisive. Great leaders, they, be, they are decisive, and then they flood that decision with action in order to get to the result. Okay? Decision plus action to get to result. And it's not overthinking it over here. Now you'll have the freaking the guy that comes in. He'll say, "Yeah, but you got to weigh risk and you got to you got to weigh reward, dude. You're missing the damn point. You're 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 actually revealing what your problem is, and you're an overthinker. Mm-hmm. You're you're already justifying as I'm speaking to justify overthinking. See what I'm saying? You're reverting back to your old habit. Stop that. Just listen to what I'm saying. Go prove me wrong, actually. How about that? Go take my advice. Go make a bunch of decisions (laughs) and try to prove me wrong that things do not happen faster for you when you start making faster decisions and prove me wrong. Watch what happens. Sorry, I got a bug. I got a freaking, not bug, but a uh, bone to pick with some of these overthinkers out there. I don't know if I trust that. (laughs) Don't do stupid things. (laughs) That's my... uh, Yeah, disclosure. uh, Disclosure, I'm not really telling you to go make reckless decisions. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I'm talking about a philosophy on decision-making gonna say i used to have like a have like a mentor and when i was coming up through the boy scouts i would always just say don't be dumb like that's my only rule 
Okay, so let's get into this uh, this third point, which is this leading a group, which I'm having trouble formulating really a question about, because other than what is this getting at? What do you mean by leading a group as yeah, an objective? Lead, yeah, an objective is leading others, okay? So when you lead a group, what, that, what we're looking for is your ability to get, get results with a group. Okay. To get in front of them, speak to them, communicate to them, tell them what the plan is, and then physically get every member of the team to the objective and get the result. Can you lead others and get them to accomplish something? Gotcha. Okay. It could be like, for example, in the coast or the conquer quest event, we did a movement lane. Mm -hmm. Can you get everybody together, this entire squad or whatever it is that you're in to the end point collectively and make sure that nobody uh, we don't miss anybody that if anybody gets injured, they come along, we don't lose any equipment. And then can you not only can you do that, but can you get in front of them and be the leader in front of them? Right. Like stand there and give direction, delegate, communicate. Right. Okay. So there's different aspects of leadership. We talked about communication and decision-making, but the, the, the real crux of it is getting in front of a group and getting them to actually achieve a result. Right. So that's what we were looking for. I think you, you might have just been thinking too deep into it. It's really simple. <laughs> well, no, I didn't think it was overcomplicated. I think it's very it's very broad. Like all, all, all of these points are kind of falling into leadership. So when you just say leading a group, I'm like, what, how, what do you mean? But it sounds like you're, you're talking at a very practical, almost like short-term sense to practice it. Yeah. Like, hey, here's A, here's B, like lead them there. You're not talking about, you know, leading a company of yeah. 1,100 employees day in and day out with all these intricacies of... Yeah, I'm simply know, referring to influencing others to get to an objective. Mm -hmm. That's what leading a, leading a group means, right? Like, I think uh, some people can easily get themselves to do something, but they have a really, really hard time getting anybody else to do the same thing. How do you find that that changes when you know the people you're leading versus when you don't? Because something about Conquer Quest is that, you know, these guys are coming and leading other people that they maybe have met before, but ultimately they're in front of like a group of people that they've never met before. And in a way that makes it sound like, oh, that'd be pretty difficult, but it also might make it easier than if I was trying to lead around like 12 of my closest friends who I feel like are judging me the whole time. Yeah. Well, peer leadership is usually the, the toughest form of leadership. So leading your peers is always the hardest. And the reason why is because exactly like you said, you, you, your friends and family have a lot of proximity to you. They have access to you. You're around them all the time. <laughs> and when you, when you have that much proximity and access to people, you, don't, you tend to not be persuaded as easily. And usually when you don't have that much access and proximity, it either goes one, one of two ways. Either you listen to the person or you don't at all, mm -hmm. right? With friends, peers, it's like it takes a little bit of extra work to get yeah. them to no matter what, right? Yeah. Yeah, they listen if they're on the same page already, yeah. right? If they agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But the main thing that we were looking for with leading a group was the leader being identified them receiving a mission, getting in front of that group, getting the group to be organized, put out their instruction, and mm -hmm. then take that team to victory. Now, we even had the leaders do an after-action review after each of the lanes, right? They basically ran the mission, and they were supposed to sit down and review it, and, hey, give me your improves, give, give me your sustains, guys. That's leading a group, too. And a lot of them had a hard time 
you know, periodically they grew and they improved and they all did really, really well. But there was periods where they had a hard time just leading the AAR in front of the group, right? They, the group was leading them in some cases. Hmm. Okay. They're supposed to be asking what are the improves and sustains? And they were just kind of stumped. And then somebody from the squad would be like, Hey, aren't you supposed to like, they were kind of like prompting the leader, right? Yeah. Which is not what we want. And I mean, we want, we want buy-in and we want the communication from the team, but what we really want is for the leader to take charge and to be facilitating the entire group from the beginning of the mission to the end, even if it includes the AAR. So, um, when it, you know, when it comes to leading others, like really what that comes down to is your confidence in your position, having confidence in the moment and realizing that you're the one that's driving the ship. If you want to call Mm -hmm. it that, right. So you're the one steering the ship and not defaulting and letting everybody else drive the ship for you. And when you're tired and fatigued, that can be really, really hard to do, which they learned out there. What do you think people can do tomorrow to start giving, to start really flexing that muscle? Because to me, it still sounds like what you're getting at is the actual practicality of it. Um, what we talk about really being the differentiator with an event like Conquer Quest or really any of the Conquer events, you know, is is doing the damn thing. Because you could have, you could say here on this podcast, right? Or you could do a slideshow presentation at a keynote or something. And you can tell us all about communication. And you can tell us all about decision making. And then this third piece is the doing it. And Conquer Quest is a good way to do that. Shameless yeah. plug. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but just like, but what? You know, if I want to wake up tomorrow and I want to lead a group somewhere, especially, I mean, if you want to particularly talk to me, I'm, you know, I'm young, I'm single. I kind of just hang around my own house all day. Don't even have a dog or anything to lead. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Well, the simple, honestly, this is so simple, um, but it works. Okay. If you want to start working on your ability to communicate, make decisions and lead a group, literally just plan something for the weekend with a handful of friends. And then just see if they'll come along with you because chances are they're going to give you resistance. And not only that, if they if they're tend they tend to be people that are close to you, they like you, they admire you. You guys are you guys are um, you guys hang out or whatever. And maybe they have a different lifestyle. Maybe they go out at night, Friday night, and you don't. You have opposite kind of like routines. Yeah. Ask them to go out with you on a hike Saturday morning <laughs> when you know that they're going to be out Friday night. Okay, so th- this is what I'm saying. If you want to practice what I'm teaching you, communication, decision-making, and leading a group, find a way to kind of go against your team's grain and get them to do something that you know is good for them and better for them, and then start with that. Okay, I did this actually with a, with a um, actually one of the members that was out there at Quest. I, I told her she wanted to work on the culture of her, um, the team at, at her work, and I, I told her this exact step. I said, what you need to work on is taking them out and doing hard things or fun things, hard times and humor are the two things that build teams, and then have them do it at an inconvenient time that breaks the mold of what they would normally do. Because this, what this will do is it'll stretch your leadership, your ability to influence, and if and when they go out of their way, they say, you know what, I'm not going to be out late partying, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do the trail with you. They're going to love you for it afterwards, and you guys are going to be bonded because you did some suffering together, you sacrificed a little bit, and you led them towards something that they hadn't been doing before or in a long time. So super simple. Just organize an activity and find out how many people you can actually influence. And when they can't, when they say no and they won't do it, start working on your influence a little bit more. Start being trying to be a little more, you know, 
uh, try to communicate a little bit more, communicate differently, communicate in a way that like, not only does it describe the event that you're going to do, but communicate in a way of what it could do for them, uh, communicate in a way of like what it could lead to in the future. Like, you know, you're really all of your persuasion and your influence starts to come in at that challenge. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you'll be better at sales. <laughs> yeah. Well, sales <laughs> training is something that you could do because it would definitely high ticket sales, ideally, you know, lower sales, not so much, but, um, you can still do that. You could, but yeah, sales is a great way to, to learn how to create influence as well. Because really what sales does is it teaches you to listen. Right? If, I need, if I'm good at sales, it's because I'm a good listener. Yeah. I can only sell something if I understand what somebody is going through. True. I can only sell something if I understand what they want. Okay, so it's very true. That's the same way to influence somebody for the weekend to go do a hike. I got to understand what they really want in life. I got to understand what their dreams are, why it would be important for them. And I got to communicate to them. And I got to go first. I like it. We like that's, it. That's my leadership masterclass for the day. <laughs> Best episode we've ever done. Anything else before we close up, dude? No, that's exactly where I want to end it. Now me and you have to go have a private conversation about how I get my friends to do shit. Cause... All right, well, I got you. I'll help you out. <laughs> Just pay them. Okay, that's a whole different subject. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. We're going to come to an abrupt stop. It's a quick, it was a, no, not a quick episode, but it was a good in-depth episode about communication, decision-making, leading your group. Um, And so I would challenge you this next week or so, exercise your leadership. See if you can do something to really influence and challenge those around you, make faster decisions, be a better communicator, and uh, lead that group to victory. Okay. And if uh, you like today's show, do us a solid, you know, share it with a friend, put on your social media, Facebook story, Instagram story, Facebook main page, Instagram main page, LinkedIn, email list, text message. I don't care what platform you send it out on, but share it with a friend. Okay, everybody. And because uh, we took some time out to give this to you, just ask that you do us that solid favor and pay it forward and help somebody else out. Okay. Until next time. Be the leader. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. Dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable of.